Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Five hundred eighty-two on my podcast, home of Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network, and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today with a lot of things to talk about as we creep towards the winter season, because that's what we do this time of year. Coming up on the show today, we're going to start things off with a, a video that uh, kind of is. A sequel to something that happened a long time ago. I'm going to start things off with my DVD review of Scooby-Doo and Return to Zombie Island, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, more than 30 years after the first movie of said nature. Then I'm going to go back in time as well, but not but a little further back than just 30 years ago, back to World War II with the DVD review of Catch-22, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment and directed and executive produced by good old George Clooney. Then we go from the past tense to present day with another, with another TV show review, the complete first season of The Kaminsky Method, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, Starring Alan Arkin and Michael Douglas in a in a very I guess continuing age not a coming of age a continuing age film and then we go from some old guys talking about things to a galaxy far far away with my book review of these uh, courtesy of DK Star Wars How Nots Get Eaten by Ewoks and other galactic survival skills that's all in this episode. Of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a little musical interlude, right? Out the first review of the show. My DVD review for this episode is Scooby Doo and Return to Zombie Island, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Entertainment provided me with a copy of this DVD I reviewed on the show, and the opinions I share are my own. Now, this is a, a sequel to the very first Scooby-Doo direct-to-video movie that came out way back in 1998. Yeah, it was the very first one they started to mass-produce these on video. And boy, you know, it's amazing how animation has changed in 20-plus years. So it took them that long to make a sequel to this story. Now, what was very interesting about the first one, 1998... They, they tried to do something different. They made, and, and again, people, it's been 20 plus years. So really, I'm going to spoil a little bit of the plot. If you have not seen Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island, then then go watch it. Come back and listen to the rest of this. All right? I'm warning you right now. Spoilers ahead. Because I really can't talk about the sequel without talking about the original. And it's been 20 years. If you're a Scooby-Doo fan, you should have seen it. So, be forewarned. I'm going into it now. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about the plot of the original one back in 1998 is they did something a little different. You know, for years before that, Scooby and the gang have always been uncovering mysteries, and it was always a dude in a suit trying to do something, and the monsters were never real. In this first direct-to-video movie, i, I got to give them balls. Back in then, <laughs> they said, you know what? You know, we've done the whole die in a suit thing to death. <laughs> this time around, Scooby is going to encounter a mystery where the monsters are real. 
and and where they're not just dudes in masks. And that's the premise of this story. <laughs> and 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 the kind of they started off in that in the old one, the gang have 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 kind of broken up. They haven't seen each other in a long time. And Daphne is working at a TV station and and she wants to you know, she wants to, you know, after all these years of uncovering fakes, wants to finally find a real supernatural thing. So she goes on a quest to do that, and then she gets the bright idea of, hey, let's bring the old gang along, Saul Scrappy, yay, uh, to do so. Now, the voice cast back in 1998, we had Scott Innes as the voice of Scooby-Doo, Billy West, who, of course, was in Futurama, was the voice of Shaggy. Daphne Blake was played by Mary Kay Bergman. Frank Welkner, of course, was Fred Jones. He has played Fred Jones ever since Scooby-Doo started. He's the longest-running actor to play a character, so he was still Fred then, and he's still Fred now. And B.J. Ward was Velma Dinkley. Now, join them in this 1998 movie was a really good cast of characters. You had you had quite the voice actors. You had Mark Hamill did a voice in this one, a character. Jim Cummings was a voice in this. Tara Strong. Adrian Barbeau did a voice work in this. So the voice cast in the 1998 one was pretty big. You had a lot of actors and voice veterans in this plot and it really was cool and and but I, and I I went I went to rewatch the one cuz I hadn't seen it in donkey's years and, and I really got a kick out of watching that old one again the music in it was really enjoyable it it it, it they did they did um a version of the Scooby Doo theme song at the start which was a really nice kind of modern uptake of the theme but still kept you know feel like a Scooby Doo theme just slightly modernized and and they had songs throughout it, much like the old TV show did throughout old episodes. And they were very Scooby-Doo-ish songs and, and, and very catchy. Now that I've watched it again, they're still buzzing around in my head. And I remember back in the day in 1998, I liked the songs from this movie so much. I made an effort of recording them like on an audio cassette because I could listen to them while I wasn't watching the movie. Yeah, I know that's a little nerdy, but I did it. But that's because I liked them so much. So, yeah, they, they still stand that way, and, 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 and I challenge you not to find them catchy. So, 21 years in the future, we have a sequel to this. Frank Welkner, of course, is back as Fred, but this time, in the 21 years since this movie, um, Frank has kind of become the regular voice of Scooby-Doo and does a really good version of Scooby in this one. Although, oh man, Scooby is sounding more and more human lately, which kind of, you know, I'm old school Scoob. I like the 60s, 70s. But but he does a really good job. And I think of all the Scooby-Doo impressions, I like him better. So so he's, he's the voice of Fred and Scooby. This time around, Gray Griffin is, is the voice of of um, the voice of uh, Daphne this time around. So, so you have you have her as as Daphne. Matthew Lillard is the voice of Shaggy, who of course was the live action version of, of Shaggy in the those movies from a while back. Velma is played by Kate Mikuchi, and and that's that sheer cast of the gang. The, the other voice actors, I, I, you know, I'm looking at them going, I really don't know you from a lot. So they don't have, you know, necessarily the, the, the star power of the original one from 1998. Back in the early TV movies, if you look at who they had for guest stars, they were pulling in some pretty big names to do parts. Whereas this one, I'm looking at the cast going... You know, maybe you're big in animation, but I don't recognize you from anything else. So, yeah, it, it's not the same kind of voice cast as before. And and the premise in this one is at this point, you know, some time has gone by and the gang, I, I guess, in their town, the sheriff is just tired of them being meddling kids. So he made Fred get rid of the mystery machine 
and said, no, you can't do that anymore. And Shaggy and this movie, and the new one, have had enough of chasing ghosts and goblins, and they get invited to a resort, and Shaggy and Scooby make the gang say, okay, we're going to go to this, but if anything spooky kind of happens, you have to promise not to investigate it. No matter how weird it seems, no matter how what's going on, just no, we're not going into another mystery, just leave it alone. So the gang, for the most part in this adventure, is like, you know, there are really weird things going on, and we should probably investigate this. Ah, but we promised Shaggy and Scooby would. That's it. Unlike the first one, there is a kind of a cool kind of Scooby-Doo-ish song in it, but not as many as in the first. <laughs> it is a really odd way to be a sequel. I find Warner Brothers is revisiting a lot of their old stuff. I mean, they just did the 13th Ghost of Scooby-Doo, which was a follow a movie which was a follow-up to the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo Stevie series that never ended properly because in the old show, they only caught 12 out of the 13. So it almost seems in a way Warner is like going, you know, we never really decisively concluded those stories back then. So we're going to go back and redo them again. So there is that. So there is that to watch if that, that is the trend that they're going Overall, I, I didn't mind it. I just missed kind of the the star power in it. And, and the animation definitely has changed. And the Mystery Machine takes on a very interesting kind of twist to it. For extras, you do get um, three uh, Scooby-Doo's from the vault. Two of them were the years that it was just Scrappy and Scooby and Daphne. And back those days, Fred and Velma were were just they weren't on the show that much, really. They they were in these episodes, but for the most part, they they were not in a lot of them. And this one did kind of have zombies in it, in a way, kind of PG zombies. So again, okay, I can see you know, why they included this episode. The, 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 um, the, the third episode, and that was a two-parter. So that's back in the name when it was Scrappy. So if you don't like Scrappy-Doo, eh. The, the third one is from What's New Scooby-Doo coming after you. Uh, that is, that is based on that. It, I don't know really how it ties into this movie, it, and that was back when the show went on back to the more traditional person in the suit, let's solve the mystery kind of deal. And it's more modern. Although, again, the way Scooby talks in it kind of throws me off. He rocks more like he's a ruin all the time and not a dog rocking like a rock. Like, way almost too much dialogue. I almost like when Scooby did more with less talking and more expressions and actual physical humor. That's me. Nothing else. No kind of featurette saying what it was like to go back to revisit a story that was written 21 years ago. Eh, that would have been neat. Overall, it is another chapter in the ongoing production, which is <laughs> Scooby-Doo videos. There have been so many since, since the first on Zombie Island. There has been a total to date of... That was the first. There have been 32 made since that one with a 34th of Scooby-Doo in King Arthur's Court and TBA. More than likely sometime early next year. So since 1998, since that first one, there's coming up to be 33 direct-to-video sequels are directed to TV movies because they started slow, right? It was 198, 99, 2000, 2 and 15, 2 and 16, 2 and 17, 3 and 18, no, 2 and 18, 2 and 19, 
And if they keep on this trend, there'll probably be two more next year. So they are pumping these things out on a fairly regular basis. And so, yeah, and since 1998, when it comes to TV shows, um, they have done, uh, there's been, 1998 was the pup named Scooby-Doo. Since then, there has been What's New Scooby-Doo, which ran from 2002 to 2006. Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, 2006 to 2008. Scooby-Doo Mysteries Incorporated, 2010 to 2013. You see the short shelf life of these things. Be Cool Scooby-Doo, 2015 to 2018. And the latest, which is Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, 2019. And it, it's gone from... It was an ABC... Uh, so A Pup Named Scooby-Doo was the last ABC-produced show. Because it, as a show, Scooby-Doo started off as CBS for Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? and Scooby-Doo Movies. was ABC from 76 to 91. Kids WB uh, for What's New. CW Kids WB for Shaggy and Scooby Get a Clue. Cartoon Network since 2010. And then it was 2015, 2018. And then now it's on Boomerang. So that's been the... Man, the, the long TV history of Scooby-Doo <laughs> for the past 50 years. 50 years this character has been around for. So there you go. That is the latest of that. So that is my take of Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Series DVD review plus episode is Catch 22, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, this is a very interesting little six part, six episode story. The story, of course, is based on a, a long time novel written by Joseph Heller, and this thing has been adapted apparently 
quite a few times and looking doing research for this, it's like, yeah, this story has been around for a while, and this is just the latest adaptation of said story. Now, the story is set in World War II, and the primary kind of character in this one is Captain Jonathan Nasarian, uh, who's an airman in World War II, or Yo-Yo, as he is called by his fellow, fellow, fellow flight people. So he's a bomber in World War II. Now, the, the whole premise of this six-episode series is he really doesn't want to be there. And he can only be there, he has to be there until they fly all the required missions. But the trouble with that is every time they, they keep bumping up the mission count. So he thinks like, oh, I'm getting close to being over. And no, and they bump it up some more. And they're kind of at the whim of the, the higher officials in this one. Yasarian is played by Christopher Abbott. I have not seen him in anything else that I can recall. So, so this is an introduction to me, to him. Uh, other actors in this one. And it's very much a, an ensemble piece. It kind of reminds me... Uh, kind of like M.A.S.H. in a way, in the, the comedy that's in. It's very much uh, a comedy drama, but it's not yuck, yuck, you know, huh, 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 kind of comedy. It's it's very cerebral in a way. So your other kind of big names in this, you have uh, Kyle Chandler as Colonel Cathcart, who is just, oh man, is he one of those colonels you just want to hate? Because he just is not a nice guy in this one. Uh, so he's, you know, another one of the names I actually know. And then, of course, as I said at the start of the show, George Clooney is in this one as well as as Colonel. So he, he kind of starts this show and then, you know, slight spoiler, he's kind of at the end as well as uh, Schleschuskopf. Schlesch <laughs> it's a really weird name. But but he's a guy that that's like really into like drilling, you know, like the, the marching and and procession kind of deal. He's like really into that. So he he plays a part in this, and it's it's interesting to see George back to TV, man. I don't think he's done a TV role in quite some time, and and this is very much a movie, um, I guess, of the times because as Yasarian is going, he's, you know, he's trying to he's trying to dodge, he's trying to find all these kind of loopholes to get out of serving. He really is a reluctant draftee. And there's a weird thing, the way the name of it comes from. The catch-22 is, is that to, to get out of service, you have to kind of be willing to do service. Because if their, their logic was, and I may have this wrong, because it's really weird, it, that if, you, if you're sane enough to not want to fly you you have to fly but but yeah it's 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 they'll, they'll explain it on the show but it's a weird thing and Yusarian tries everything from being sick to dodge battles all kinds of ways to try to you know just get it done and get the hell out before he gets killed the the action in this is quite something they really they, they dug up some old bombers and the effects for a tv show aren't half bad. Now, what's interesting about this show, this show was actually originally done in Hulu. And I have not seen, like many Canadians, I have not seen a lot of Hulu. So this is the first kind of Hulu show I've seen on video, and I'm quite impressed by it. One of the things that got to me, too, was the use of old kind of 30s, 40s songs. I don't know what it is about me. And maybe it's like a past life of me or something. But I, I like the older songs, those old 30, 40 songs of, you know... I'll be seeing you in all the familiar faces. Those old songs, I don't know, they just, I like them. So to me, it was a treat. Now, an older, you know, a younger audience, and millennials, whatever, they may not get that. But to me, being an older kind of guy, I, I don't mind listening to those. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of old radio shows and from the 30s and 40s, and these kind of songs are in it. So to me, it was, it was a nice treat. Part of the music was it now? I will warn you: the 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 the, the six episodes ends in a kind of way you're like, okay. And I don't think, unlike some other limited series, like say Pretty Little Lies, which is coming back for a second season, uh, that is being released on video soon. And I did request a copy, so hopefully I'll have that for you in the show very soon. And when I when I watched that miniseries, I thought, you know what? There's more to this than in these characters. There's more stories to be told with these women. And yeah, I guess more people thought that way, and there's a second season. So 
with that one, I definitely felt it. With this one, it it kind of has an ending where you can, and they say that in the extras, I'll get to in a minute, that you can interpret it the way you want to. And and the, the, the 1970s movie they reference in this one, in the extras, has a very similar yet different ending, very amb- ambiguous ending. And that, that, for me, it didn't bother me. Sometimes it bothers me in TV shows, but this one didn't. Uh, so you get six episodes of this limited series, and you get a fair amount of special features. You know, it really is kind of kind of neat. You get the you get a three part featurette on uh, spread on two discs, each of them about fifteen minutes long. Cogs of War Part One, that's some catch, that catch twenty two. Then you get Cogs of War Part Two, that's complex, that's military industrial complex, and then three, it's Cogs of War Three, Yasarian lives? Question mark. And then deleted scenes, and then outtakes. So you get all of that in this. No commentary. That's one thing this is missing, which is a shame for six episodes, especially in the first and the and the last. I would love to hear commentary from the actors or from Clooney, or you know, from some of the other people kind of involved in this. I was a little disappointed uh, when it came to that. I thought, oh come on, can you not? And for six episodes, come on. That that seems you know odd that that they didn't do that. I think it's a missed opportunity. I don't I don't know when last time Clooney's you know done any commentary for that. Also in the cast is the character of Doc Denenska, which is Grant Heslob, who is one of the people involved in the production of this. So you have like two production people actually acting within this production, which which is kind of neat. Uh, so, so that, so it is a kind of, um, it's kind of like a Hogan's Heroes kind of mash kind of feel. And, and yeah, so the Catch-22 is, um, a military bylaw states that if you fly your missions, you're crazy. And if you don't, so you don't have to fly them. And all you have to do is ask. But if you ask not to, then you're saying, and you have to fly them. <laughs> that's, that's the catch. Uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, so it, it really is um, a neat little war movie. So, you know, as you know, Ramblers, I don't review a lot of war stuff in this. I'm not the war channel. But I would say give this one a chance. It, it really is interesting. I, I don't see them doing a sequel unless it's popular enough and they have to. But but it is it is a good movie. Now, I don't know about the rest of the Hulu movies, but this definitely, from the get-go, is not to be watched around kids. I will tell you that right now, folks. Besides some of the really, like, kind of oh, brutal deaths in this movie, whew, um, there are some scenes of nudity and sexuality which would not be appropriate with the kids around. So, be forewarned, that is in this. So, for all you out there, a little prudish, that is in the, but overall a, a, a nice, nice little mini series and, and definitely worth checking out. Even if you, you know, are not into war stuff like I am, like some people are. So that is my take of catch 22 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
My second TV show and DVD review for this episode is The Kaminsky Method, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And just so you know that they, the Warner Brothers sent me this as for the purposes of review, and all the opinions of this series are mine own. So that is, to get that off right out the way, uh, now this is a very interesting um, kind of show. Now it doesn't have a lot of episodes, it is a, a limited run, there's only like a few, it's a single disc release, so there's not a lot in this first season. And it, it stars, uh, Michael Douglas is kind of the main actor, yeah, only, in, again, only an ep eight episode season. Michael Douglas is the, the, I guess, lead character in this, Sandy Kaminsky who is a, an actor in this show who's had some fame, but, you know, has kind of faded a bit from, from the spotlight when it, when it comes to that. I don't think he's had the Mike Douglas kind of fame, but enough that he's able to start his own acting school and, and kind of go from there. So he's, you know, the, the main character in The Convincing Method. Joining him along the line is his friend Norman Newlander, played by Alan Arkin. And this is very much kind of a show of, of just kind of two older guys kind of getting along. And, and Douglas is, for, you know, he is kind of aging there. And this is the first kind of TV series I've seen him in since maybe the streets of San Francisco way back in the day. He may have done some other stuff, but I don't remember him being any, a series regular and anything other than that. And that, that goes back to the 70s, folks. Also, you have a good cast in this one. Uh, so it's basically around this whole season starts off that Norman's wife, who who's, you know, at uh, the start of this start of this um, series, like has uh, a, med a severe medical condition. And and at the start, she's pretty sick and, you know, slight spoiler, because I have to talk about it. She she dies. Eileen dies at the start of this episode. She's played by the great actress Susan Sullivan, whom I've seen, I think, in a few other shows in the past. I know I've seen her other stuff because she seems like I know I've seen her. So so um, Norman's, you know, law and longtime wife and producing partner dies, and Norman is like uh, a casting director. Uh, and when it comes to Hollywood, he's been around a long time, and and Sandy in this series drops a lot of names and there are quite a lot of cameos in this one you have jay leno cameos in this one even dan devito but not as himself <laughs> guest stars in this series so that 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 the death of eileen is like the catalyst where where michael starts to really kind of you know rejudge his life and go wait a minute you know he, he i guess he gets a mortality lesson at the start of this, and and that's kind of the the through line of 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 these eight episodes. Now this has been renewed for a second season, so obviously did well enough. Also, you know, in this one you have uh, Sandy has a young daughter, uh, not a young daughter, but an adult daughter named Mindy, played by Sarah Baker, who is like an alcoholic and and is kind of working with him with the acting school, but they clearly have had issues in the past. Norman has a daughter as well, and and she is uh, also has her own issues with substance abuse. So so she's in this as well, and and so you have a, a lot of kind of factors playing together. And also during this season, Sandy uh, he has an acting school, and he actually hits on um, uh, a student, fellow student, play Elisa, played by Nancy Travis, and and that's a very interesting relationship there you know so it, it's a it's a weird kind of um thing where we're at the death of eileen sandy has to deal with his own mortality and that kind of face him okay you know maybe i'm not as young as i used to be and also you know during the course of the season he gets labeled with a big irs bill as well so it has a very interesting kind of sense of humor it, it kind of reminds me a lot of um Kind of um, uh, the one of the co-creators of Seinfeld kind of humor to it, and now this is also produced by the same team that does The Big Bang Theory. Now, which is interesting because I've tried to watch The Big Bang Theory. You know, it's over now, and people kept telling me, "Oh, Russ, you have to like The Big Bang Theory because it's it's about nerds and you're kind of nerdy." And you know, so and I've tried to watch it. And there are parts of it 
that are kind of funny. I've already talked about the finale of The Big Bang way back a few months ago when that aired. So if you want to hear my uh, thoughts on that, I talked about that uh, a while back, uh, a few months ago. But um, overall, the show was never a show that I watched and and I said I need to watch more episodes of. You know, it was cute when they dressed up in like costumes and superhero stuff and Trek stuff. And, you know, having Bob Newhart on was funny because Bob is amazing. Um, but I never in the 10 years never was really a big fan. So I kind of went into the Kaminsky method going, okay, it's produced by them. I'll still keep an open mind. And after watching eight episodes of Kaminsky method, I really want to watch more of it. Whereas big bang, it was like, you know, I've seen it. I know what it's about. I know y'all think I'm supposed to like it, but it's not really that funny to me that I really want to keep watching it. I'd want to watch old episodes of Seinfeld. Then <laughs> I want to watch more Big Bang. Honestly, that's me. So that's that. So yeah, no, I, I it doesn't surprise me it got a second season because it's it's a, that's an odd mix of kind of humor, but not like yaggy yaggy yaggy, you know, jokes jokes all the time humor. It's it's a nice little subtle humor to it, and I think that Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin work well together. I don't know if they've done other movies together, but I think these two as a team, you know. Have a good kind of combination to it, and and it's good supporting cast uh, around this as well. I'm really curious to see where it goes uh, in a second season because, yeah, a lot of stuff is kind of set in place, but we'll see how far it goes from there. And it's it's very you know set in L.A. and it feels like it's set in L.A. Overall, I liked it. It's it's a nice little show. I found that eight episodes was really quick. I thought you know I could have watched more. It was a bit of a short season, but that's TV these days. That's kind of how it goes. So that is my take of the Kaminsky Method, the complete first season, courtesy of the great on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment.
everything that's light and gay I will always think of you that way I'll find you I'll be looking at the moon, but I'll be seeing you. My book review for this episode is Star Wars, How Not to Get Eaten by Ewoks and Other Galactic Survival Skills, courtesy of DK Publishing. This is a cool little book, and I do mean little, I mean little. I've not measured it, but it is not a very big book, and it is written by Christian Blowvelt. Now, in this, it is a total of. Counted before he said this. A total of 128 pages in this wee book. You get a pretty comprehensive, slightly tongue in cheek guide to how to survive in Star Wars. I would love to see an edition of this for, say, Star Trek or maybe like. Babylon 5, or Andromeda, or Galactica, any kind of long-running sci-fi show, or even like Xena and Hercules. The show, the, the book is split up into various contents, including dangerous environments, dangers of travel, hazards of technology, social minefields, and there's a lot of them, escape, evasion, and infiltration, and dangerous creatures. Each of these contents is divided into subcategories, telling you the do's and don'ts of surviving the Star Wars universe. For a fan of Star Wars, this is a lot of fun. The lot of the references is very, like, if you know the movies, you will get the jokes. And covers so many things, from being dis disintegrated by a bounty hunter, kidnapped by a hostile Tusken Raider, choked by a Sith, captured by stormtroopers, trapped on an exploding Death Star... Baked to death on Tantooine, caught in the crossfire of a deadly battle, frozen in carbonite, because that could happen, and taken over by a parasitic Genosian brainworm, because you never know when that could happen. So it's very much a factual, fun, and, you know, tongue in cheek book. And if you're a Star Wars fan, it's really good to get. It, it is. Very small, and they cram a lot into very small pages. It's a nice book, though, because it's very much small, kind of unlike some of the bigger ones. It's very much portable. I carried this with me um, when I was doing laundry, and it was a great kind of time killer that way. And it's a nice little portable book. If you have big enough pockets, you could fit in your pocket. Or, you know, if you're a woman, you can carry around in a purse. It's a very nice, or a knapsack, it's a very nice little read to it. And is very tongue-in-cheek when it comes to Star Wars. And a lot of things are like, if you know these movies, you will get most of the references. There are some, even to me, a Star Wars fan, I'm going, obviously that refers to something I have not seen. Maybe the Resistance show or some other aspect of the universe I don't remember. Uh, a lot of this is the new canon. There are no references to the legend stuff or Jason Solo or Jason or Gina Solo or Anakin or any of that stuff. I'd love to see a, a um, legends version of this as opposed to the new canon Disney verse, but it still is, is kind of fun, you know, and covers just things that, you know, from tackling extreme weather to finding shelter and avoiding social pitfalls, learn what to do to stay alive in a galaxy far, far, Wait, so if the Star Wars galaxy was a reality, you'd want to read this book before you go, just saying. So a fun little book by DK and, and definitely worth checking out if you are a Star Wars fan of any major. And this would make actually almost a good little stocking stuffer because we're coming to Christmas. So that is my take of Star Wars, How Not to Get Eaten by Ewoks and the Galactic Survival Skills. By written by Christian Blovelt, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing.
that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. If y'all enjoyed it, as always, you can touch me with a number of ways on the old internet. You can always reach out to me at Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I always enjoy any input on Twitter and all my new show uploads. I put updates there. Any cover art, I'm going to put there. And any, you know... That, that's where I post all my kind of news and updates on Twitter. So feel free to check it out, become a follower, and uh, like my posts. That's all I ask from you. Of course, you can check out all new episodes right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show 18411. That's all the brand new episodes appear right here on Talk Shoe. Anything, um, any, any older episodes, be sure to check out uh, my original website. That's http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust dot libsyn l-i-b-s-y-n is in november dot com that's my original home in the internet where i have over eight plus years of podcast podcasting goodness going right back from the early days of 2016 right up until 2013 then i became more permanently here on talk show there are some lost episodes sadly due to Issues to talk to you a while back, but still lots you listen to. Some of my older stuff from Libsyn. I have lots of convention coverage and interviews with celebrities and all kinds of stuff. If you want to go into the old back catalog, feel free to do so. Of course, you can check out older episodes as well on iTunes. Just go into the iTunes store under podcasts. I've ran with Russell. You'll find the older episodes there. And I'm also on Spotify and Google Play. So look for me there. Uh, for all new episodes on that website and also have a page on Facebook and feel free to check that out and give a like. I know I haven't updated forever, but feel free to check it out nonetheless. Coming up on future episodes of the show, lots to talk about, but there's only one of me. I am making my way through a really cool show from the great people at HBO and Cinemax called Warrior, the complete first season on Blu-ray, which is a really interesting show uh, based on the writings by Bruce Lee, a very Cinemaxy show. About halfway through that, I'd hope to get it up for this episode, which is time, time, time. But I um, will have that hopefully by next episode for you guys. Also, from the creators of um, Banshee, which was a terrific show, and also from the director of the Fast and Furious movies, Justin Lin. And you can tell... Action-wise, that he's involved in that. No fast cars, but very fast people in this show. Also, as well, coming up in a future episode, maybe the next one, is the uh, Blu-ray movie review of Dora and the Lost City of Gold, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Yes, Dora the Explorer gets the live-action treatment. That's coming up as well from the great folks at Warner Brothers. Have the movies The Kitchen, starring Melissa Carthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. About some mafia wives who take back, take some control. And also from Warner, the on Blu-ray, the movie Blinded by the Light uh, f- from the director Ben and Mike Beckham and full of a lot of Bruce Springsteen movies, uh, music. So I'll be covering that as well. Also on the docket, some stuff, for, uh, more stuff from the great folks at HBO, including uh, Chernobyl. And Deadwood, the movie, both from HBO Home Video. Even though I have not rewatched any episodes of Deadwood, the show, I'll still see if I can review the movie for you. So maybe a weird perspective of mine, but hey, that's the way she goes. So that's all coming up on future reviews of the show. Still hopefully going to get through one of these days. Uh, The reboot of Charm, season one. Tell Tell me a story, season one. And try to finish off Elementary, both the the sixth and final season of said show. And uh, coming up as well, still working my way through The Haunting of Hill House on DVD 2. So, lots of stuff in the near future. I am uh, currently reading IMC3PO uh, by Anthony Daniels and a forward by J.J. Abrams, courtesy of DK. That's a very interesting book. But the life of Anthony Daniels behind the most famous droid. I am um, reading through that. I'll hopefully have a review of that soon. I don't read autobiographies very often, but so far, it's very, very interesting. So that is coming up in a future show. Also, another DK book that sent to me is Brave and Bold, the female DC superheroes 
take on the universe. So remember a while back, there was a Marvel one like that. Well, as I predicted, there's a DC equivalent as well that I will talk about on this show. And also coming up, probably I will give my review soon. Uh, videos courtesy of my wallet, uh, our Spider-Man far from home and X-Men dark Phoenix. Uh, also, uh, let you know, Ramblers, I am still working on the holiday gift guide. Yes, I did one last year, and that is still in the works for this year. Still working on getting materials to review. So keep your eyes on and ears on the show within the next, hopefully, month or so uh, before the year. And then I will have a great comedy gift guide. A hol sorry, holiday gift guide for you, some, some of the folks that send me stuff. Still working on what I'm going to get. And when I do, when I get some packages that just like last year, keep watching my Twitter footage. I will put a picture of those said packages for you to look at before I post the holiday gift guide review. So that is coming up very soon. I have some things at the very least, hopefully coming from the great folks at the BBC and then other stuff is still in the works. So just have patience. Uh, that will come relatively soon. That is it for me, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Oh, and and might be some video games. I'm working on some other video games as well, too. I might even give you a review soon of WWE 2K20 that I bought from the library because, boy, the amount of glitches people are talking about. I'll, I'll tell you myself. When I get a chance, that is it for me today, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.